This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right. We are up. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it very much. And uh, I had a little snafu with my show notes today, so I'm going to do as much of this by memory as I can because I had a lot of things written out for this hour that uh, did not sync properly, which I will figure that out later tonight. But thank you, Microsoft. It's partially why I'm not a huge Microsoft fan. Anyways, I thought what I would do is continue on with what we talked about last week with EMP Shield. We had Andrew uh, Buchan on last week, and he's the director of sales and marketing. We really got into just the whole EMP Shield, what it does, what it's going to protect, vehicles, and so on. And then I thought, you know, we started several weeks ago talking about vehicles and, you know, what what do you own, what should you own when it comes to, you know, just being ready, having the right vehicle, and so on. Because as we talked about last week, transportation is is going to be a big deal if something were to happen. And again, folks, I want to make sure that I'm very clear on this. I have no crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen. And if anybody out there is predicting that they do, frankly, they're completely wrong because they don't either. I mean, that includes, you know, I'm sorry to say, but that includes even people running around claiming their modern day profits and they know this is going to happen. And, you know, we're in the end times and blah, blah, blah. That's all hogwash. It, it just is, folks. Sorry. Go read your own bible for yourself and and you'll discover that that no that's not the case they don't know and scripture is very clear on that that no one will know not even christ himself knows what god the father is doing when it comes to the end of the world it's very clear on that so bottom line is he doesn't know when he's returning so if he doesn't know how does some modern day prophet know they don't they can read scripture they can get some ideas and so on but really at the end of the day they don't have any idea and and neither do i I also don't know what's going to happen in regards to, you know, is there, I, I need to rephrase that, there is a possibility of an EMP strike. We talked about that last week with, with Andrew, and it's a very real possibility. Uh, we as a country have been somewhat preparing for that. I don't know that we've been pre- preparing as much in, in the diligent fashion that we should be, but we have been preparing. There's been many of an individual uh, you know, Peter Pry, who, by the way, uh, Charlie, did you notice he passed away this past week? Uh, I was going to mention that today. He passed away this past week. We had interviewed Peter numerous times in the past on my other shows, plural, and uh, our condolences go out to his family. But yes, Peter Pry, who is actually very big in the United States of America in getting the awareness raised for EMP strikes and what the outcomes of it would be, but he passed away this past week. I did not notice how old he was, but I believe he was in his early 80s. And uh, anyways, he passed away this past week. I meant to say that on Rush to Reason, and I honestly, until just now, slipped in my mind. I forgot about it, and I forgot to put it in my notes. So anyways, it's something that as a country we work on, but frankly, I don't think we work on it most you know, diligently enough. If you were to ask the you know, average person on the street what an EMP is, they, they wouldn't have the foggiest idea. Some of the folks have watched movies like, oh, I was watching Ocean's Eleven the other day. Charlie, and in Ocean's Eleven, if any of you remember, there is a mini EMP that they basically go and acquire and they put it outside, you know, on a rooftop outside of the Bellagio Hotel to where they're trying to put the power out in Las Vegas so they can get in and get this into the safe room and blah, blah, blah. You you guys know the movie. That's basically what we're talking about. Only they're shot up about 250 miles in the air. They send a rocket up 250 miles up. 
And they essentially, you know, we talked about this last week with Andrew, they can essentially position that to where it would literally take out the power or the electric grid, not the power, but it would, it would affect electronics. Let me say it that way, which then would affect the grid and a lot of other things. And to what extent? I'm not sure anybody knows exactly. There's a lot of folks out there that claim to be experts and know, although a lot of the testing they've done, and we talked about this with Andrew last week, um, they did not test as thoroughly as they probably should have. And the reality is they can direct an EMP in numerous ways. It most likely would take out all of Canada, United States, and Mexico if they fired it off correctly, which, let's face it, they most likely would. Likewise, you know, we or others could shoot them off and affect other parts of the world as well. I've said for years, I think common sense to me says that if we were to ever engage into any kind of a battle with the likes of somebody like Russia or China, we have vast, vast resources in this country that a on-ground nuclear blast would destroy and would affect you know, the overall well-being of, of whatever country's trying to attack that other countries need. Oil, food, you know, we grow a lot of grain and crops in this country. We literally are a breadbasket for the world, if you, if you really want to get down to it. And we do a lot of things in that regard that I feel other countries would look at us and say, wait a minute, time out. We, we have to have another way of taking things over because walking in with any kind of a nuclear weapon or even, you know, they're not going to take this country over on the ground. They already know that we've got far too many citizenry, too much citizenry with guns and so on. Not going to happen. And other countries have admitted that. Russia being one of them, they've admitted that. Even some of the old KGB guys, that was one of the biggest things they were fearful of with the United States is the fact that we're all armed. It's the biggest reason why we need to keep the Second Amendment nice and strong and not let the lefties take it from us because they would love to. Little do they know it's because of it and us that they're free. They, they don't look at it that way, nor do they care, frankly. Bottom line, <clears throat> I feel, again, looking at this from a common sense standpoint, that other countries, if they wanted to really take things over, would do whatever they could to put us into chaos first and either take us over from the inside out, which, frankly, I feel, they're, feel like they're doing right now on the political end of things. If they can destroy us from the inside out, you know, give us so much debt that we can't handle it, change things around politically speaking, you know, have us accept things we never would have accepted, accepted prior, continue to diminish our birth rate to where we no longer can sustain what we're doing as a country, on and on we go. Which, by the way, they're, they're succeeding at all of it. They may not ever have to do an EMP because at the rate we're going, it's going to dissolve all on its own. And I know that sounds really dire, but unless we make some drastic changes, politically speaking, that's what's going to happen. We will be our own demise. Now... I also think that they look at things externally. If they wanted to speed any of what I just said up, you launch an EMP. Because an EMP just takes out all the electronics, the grid, the communication, the things that most people would need to function daily. And as I said before, and I want to remind everybody, the statistics show, and I think this is a really conservative number, but the statistics show that if we had any type of a large EMP, communication goes out, power goes out, 30 to 40% of the country is dead in 30 days. And like I said, I, I think that might be a low number. And I'm not trying to alarm anybody. These are just the facts, folks. And think about it. Think about the people that you know, neighbors, friends, family. How many of them could survive 
30 days without any kind of help medically. Some of them need prescriptions on a daily basis that they will now run out of. In some cases, they get prescriptions. In some cases, it's weekly or monthly. Some of them come in the mail. Sometimes they run down to the pharmacy. They'd be a run on every one of those types of of entities, by the way, every, you know, you talk about breaking in and looting and all of that. I mean, every single thing that you could imagine that you would normally go down and buy in the matter of hours. I'm not exaggerating when I say this in the matter of hours, six, eight, 10, 12 hours, maybe at the most would be gone. And granted, it depends on probably the town that you're in and how much control an authority can come in and take, you know, can, what kind of, you know, authority can take place and so on. But, but the reality is big cities, ours included, the this Denver Front Range area, every single Walgreens, Whole Foods, King Super, Safeway, Albertsons, you name it, they're ba- the shelves are bare in a matter of hours if we have something like this happen. Again, folks, I'm not trying to scare you, but we're trying to make everybody prepared so that if that were to happen, what do you do? How do you handle this? So last week we talked about the EMP shield on your vehicle so you could at least have a running vehicle, go from A to B. I want to get into a little more details on the vehicle itself and how would you get from A to B and what are you looking for in a particular vehicle? And I'm not telling you to you know, run out and buy a different vehicle or, or change things around. I just think you need to be mindful of this. And in some cases, you might have the ability to make some adjustments or even acquire that end-of-world scenario vehicle that, by the way, you could still use on a regular basis if you wanted to. I'm not saying you got to run out and buy something specific for this and then make some sort of a monster truck out of it that you're now going to go from A to B. I just You just need to have some common sense and approach this in that manner. That's that's how I would would look. That's how I'm going to do it, and am already doing so. So, I number one, we talked about this a little bit last week, but you really need to determine what kind of a vehicle do you want to own, gasoline or diesel. And I realize that's a huge difference between the two. I personally, for an end of the world scenario, I've got some vehicles that would run for a while on gasoline. But keep in mind, gasoline will run out. In X amount of time. In some cases, depending upon how you would be able to acquire it, store it, and so on, you may, you're going to, filling stations, you know, gasoline stations, number one, you got to get it out of the ground. If all the power is out, that's a whole nother scenario. People will figure it out. They will pump it out. Trust me. There's enough uh, individuals out there like myself that would have the ability to run around and pump gas, but eventually, that's going to run out. And keep in mind, this would be total anarchy if this happens as well. Because the authorities will not have any ability to keep up with things. They, they will be ultimately powerless. Because they have not prepared. There are some cities that have. Andrew talked about this last week where EMP Shield has sold their device to one particular city in Kansas. The entire city has become, quote unquote, hardened. <clears throat> Infrastructure, police force, and so on emergency rescue vehicles, and so on. We have not done that here. I don't think it's even talked about in Colorado. I guarantee you it's not anything that Polis or his his uh, command center have even thought about covering. So you take an area like what we've got here as I look out to the west, Charlie and I both are, and you think about all of the different things that are out there, buildings, people, houses, all of the you know commerce that's there, gasoline stations, and so on. All of that changes literally overnight. 
And it's every man or woman for himself at that point. So when you start thinking about vehicles, it's not just so much, oh, I've got a vehicle. I can get from A to B. Okay, what kind of a vehicle do you have? And where will it go? Here's my point. Do you have a vehicle with enough ground clearance to where if all of a sudden everything is blocked up? Because a lot of vehicles, if this thing happens in rush hour traffic, which if I was the Chinese and I was going to launch an EMP on North America, I would launch it you know, knowing what's going on from East Coast to West Coast. So at, at 6 o'clock on the East Coast, it's what, 2 o'clock, Charlie, on the West Coast? That's most likely when I would launch an EMP knowing I'm going to get the most damage I can out of it. Because if I can have every city in America clogged up and the majority of the vehicles not running, I I just created that much more disarray. So do you have a vehicle that in that case, A, will it run? B, is it going to go from A to B? And how do you get around a lot of what would be these traffic jams? Keep in mind, a lot of vehicles will just stop dead in their tracks. If that happens, every major thoroughfare is going to be full of cars. So how do you get around them? But no offense, your Honda Civic's not doing it. This is where having a off-road type vehicle, higher ground clearance, larger tires, and so on, with the ability to drive places you would not normally drive, is going to come in handy. And I will also tell you, you better be armed. Because if you're not armed, your, your vehicle will be confiscated by somebody that is. And this really almost becomes an all-out, you know, war. A you, you know, you have to live for yourself because keep in mind, if this happens the way I'm talking about, a lot of us are out and about. Some of you would be out running errands. Some of you would be coming to and from work, home from work, most likely if it's in the day scenario. And again, the reason I would do it if I was a Chinese, I number one would not do that in summertime. Why? Well, think about it. What's our day like? like in the summertime, even right now. End of August, we still have daylight until really 8.30. Sun goes down prior to that, but it's light until about 8.30. What if I launched this in um, December, what, Charlie 20th or so, roughly, when it's not daylight much past 5 in the evening? Now what, folks? Now how are you getting home? What are you doing if that were to take place? Again, not trying to scare anybody, but trying to get people to think through these scenarios. How do you communicate? Do you have a meeting place with all of your family? And how do you get home? Because in some cases, you may be hoofing it, depending upon what you're driving and what you're in at the time. Because a lot of us, by the way, have some of the vehicles that we're talking about, but we may not be driving them every day. So how how do you do this? And I'm not saying you need to drive your, you know, end of the world car every day, but I, these are things that you have to think through on what de- what vehicle are you driving daily and how are you going to get home if something like this were to happen? Because again, folks, the, the powers that be that would attack us in this in this, you know, realm, they're not launching this thing at noon. Not noon central time anyway. Sorry, they're just not going to do that. That that would be the most ideal time of the day to do it. They're not also going to do it at midnight. Why? Because at midnight, everybody's sleeping, and it would be an easy thing for people to handle being at home and so on. How are you going to do that? So, number one, what kind of a vehicle? Gas or diesel? Number two, I would almost insist that you need a four-wheel drive vehicle. 
going to be very, very hard to maneuver around without a four-wheel drive vehicle. I've got many other things. My notes finally did just update, so I've got some other things here that I was thinking through earlier today that I will get to in a moment. So don't go anywhere. If you want to chime in on this, by the way, a lot of you have your own thoughts, and I am open. I, I am not the only expert out there. I'm not an expert, by the way. Not when it comes to end of the world stuff. I don't think anybody's an expert because nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. I've read a lot of books. I've watched a lot of movies. I've talked to a lot of you. I've interviewed a lot of folks over the years. What's exactly going to happen? Again, folks, no one knows. Only the Lord himself knows. And it could get really, really dire. And I will tell you this, Scripture does talk about that. And I... I don't want to get into a lot of theological debate here, but there's a lot of Christians out there that think they'll never see that. I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those pie-in-the-sky pie guys that thinks the rapture's at the beginning, it's all gone, and all of a sudden we don't see any of this. No, I don't see it that way. I don't even see Scripture being that way. Sorry, I don't see it that way. I know a lot of folks do, and that's great. A lot of good, solid Christians, and I'm not going to, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not going to break faith or, or you, know, you know, break a relationship over something along these lines because, frankly, no one knows for sure. But my common sense brain always has said, why would God spare all of us today from that? There have been a lot of other individuals all through Christendom that have had it a lot harder than we have. Everything from, you know, martyrs to the, to the Holocaust to on down the line we go. What makes us so unique that we would not see any kind of hardship? Nothing, by the way, folks. Nothing. That's my take on it. So, my wife just said, wow, what a happy topic today. <laughs> I'm just trying to make you guys all think through this so that if this time does come, you're prepared. And by the way, the more you prepare for this, well, the more you're prepared for everything else that would come along. Even, even a bad snowstorm, rainstorm, floods, anything along those lines, you're just more prepared than everyone else. So I'm not trying to scare anybody, and, and I don't want to be negative, but I want folks to wake up and realize I think these are real solid threats that are out there. And we should look at things accordingly. Does that mean we're going to stop living our lives? Of course not. Of course not. You know, I'm going to still do the things I want to do. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm, I'm going to travel around. I'm not going to just sit at home until it happens. I'm not ever going to you know, advocate that. But I think we keep watching the signs of the times and keep being prepared. And that's what I try to do each week with all of you, helping you make those determinations and what's happening around us. And I will say, if we don't make a drastic change in 2022, we're liable to implode from the inside out because this administration is trying their best to destroy this country from the inside out. No doubt about that. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. If you want to prove me otherwise, try. Try me. Nothing this administration is doing is helping this country. All it's doing is more damage day after day after day. It's dividing us. It's putting us deeper into debt. It's forgiving people of their debts that frankly have no right to be forgiven of. Putting it on the backs of others. They're just shifting it from one person to another. It's called redistribution of wealth, by the way. That's what's currently happening, folks. You just saw that this week. It's going to get worse if this administration stays around. So really, a lot of it's going to come down to how well do we handle things this November. So guys, hang tight. We'll come right back. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560.
In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a Novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the Novus link that's Novus Autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio Absolute Electrical Heating and Air not only handles all of your electrical and HVAC needs, they can also help you get ready for the what-ifs of life. When the mustard gas is filling your neighborhood, you'll want a HEPA filter to keep your family safe. When the napalm catches your neighbor's trees on fire, you'll still be breathing clean, fresh, smokeless air with your Solus Air HEPA filter. With a combination of our generators and air filters, your family won't miss the conveniences of modern society, no matter what the circumstances are. So for all your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, a major sponsor of Fix-It Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right, since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. 
Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? The reason shingles break with wind and hail is because they're dried out and brittle. RoofMax is an organic product that rejuvenates your asphalt shingles, making them more flexible and durable at the same time. Call Dave Hart today and get your roof inspected. It's a no-obligation inspection that will tell you what condition your roof is in and what can be done to extend the life of your roof, which, in the end, saves you money. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. All right, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. John in Cheyenne, how are you, sir? Uh, Very well. Yourself? Doing great. Good to hear from you, sir. It's a chipper topic, like your wife. I said. know, I know. You know, and I hate no. doing that, but you know, what else do you do, John? You got, you know, got to talk about uh, it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the the little things that are going to get you through the first forty eight hours. Let's do it. Um, do you have a hundred bucks cash in your pocket? Always. You and I have cash in our. How many people in today's world don't have twenty bucks in their pocket? Most. I would, I would say, John, I, I'm guessing the numbers now are at least 80%, if not higher. Okay, so um, you're halfway between the studio and home, and it pops, and the vehicle you're driving that what day is your bolt, so you're done. It ain't going anywhere. Yeah, but other than I'm really... I'm most likely going to do this EMP shield, and again, I know there's no guarantees, right. but I think these guys have done as much testing as anyone and if that's on there you might make actually might make it home john now again given that vehicle it's going to depend upon how you can maneuver around everybody else that's out there that's now stuck that honestly that's the biggest issue okay so i think i mean let's 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 talk about the minute, john because even if your vehicle is all hardened and you've got the ability to keep yeah. driving, so everybody else stops, by the way, immediately, which means all of a sudden there's going to be wrecks galore all over the place because you know what that's like. Oh, everything yeah. just all of a sudden stops. What do you do? So now you've got to figure out, all right, what am I going to do to maneuver around, maneuver around all of these people to get home? In my case, you know, I don't always drive my own vehicle. I drive a lot of you know press cars and, and you know cars that I don't own on a right. routine basis. The, to me, John, that's my bigger fear because I'm liable to have to hoof at home. Okay, so let's talk about that. First thing, look down right now. What do you have on your feet, and how far could you walk in what you're wearing right now? Oh, well, I'm one that always wear a shoe that I know I could go anywhere I needed to if I had to, so I've got shoes on right now that if I had to walk home, I could, yes. And I think about that pretty much every day when I leave. Wintertime, I'm wearing boots. I mean, summertime I don't because I can get by with a lighter weight shoe, but in the wintertime, yeah, I'm wearing boots. Hey, John, I got to run. Have a good one. Oh, you're, no, you're fine, John. Go ahead. John doesn't normally do that. He must have had an emergency to come up. No, you know what? He just brought up a great point. What What are you wearing at all times, and or what do you have in your vehicle if something like that were to happen? By the way, that applies to many other things, including you know, weather, things like that that we might have come along. And guys, again, I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative here on, on all of this, just getting you to think about what do you have in the vehicle 
Or your office. Good one, Charlie. Yeah, what do you have at the office? Let's say that that thing hit. You're working late one night. Because uh, Charlie and I do that. You know, we don't keep in mind for him and I. We are most likely going to avoid a lot of this because we're going to be in the studio. If that were to hit during a weekday, we're going to be in the studio looking out, watching it all happen. Most likely encountering it as we speak. And the way that works is unless we're hardened here, which I don't think we are, we're off air. So he and I then are going to figure out, okay, how do we get home? What do we do next? Fortunately, again, there's another thing. How many of you have a teammate that you would be able to team up with to actually get someplace? Fortunately for he and I, I think we've got enough gear and things here at the station that, and I and I carry enough stuff with me in the vehicles that I drive of my own. Now, where I have an issue is if I'm not driving my own vehicle, what you know, do I have enough with me? And it's something to start thinking about. Do I start you know packing a little duffel bag that I just throw in each car that I have all the stuff I need, no matter what? Probably something I need to think through. Again, folks, other countries aren't stupid. I want to make sure I make that clear. If somebody attacks us in this way, it's not happening on a Sunday morning. Now, Pearl Harbor happened on a Sunday morning, but that had its all a lot of other different scenarios that went into that as to why they did Sunday morning. They did that because they figured they'd catch us the most off guard, which in a way they did. Nobody thought that was going to happen on a Sunday morning in Hawaii and Pearl Harbor. Now, as far as an EMP goes and what would cause the most disarray in this country, a Wednesday midweek EMP strike during rush hour. Because think about all the people that typically go into work. I know for me driving home, my heaviest nights of the week going home are Wednesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Mondays are actually fairly light. I think a lot of folks will work a four-day week. Maybe they don't go into the office until Monday, or I mean until Tuesday. They've taken Monday off or they work at home on Monday. A lot of folks I think will work a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Although I'll tell you, Tuesday nights aren't so bad either. Wednesdays, Thursdays are my worst nights home as far as rush hour traffic is concerned. Fridays, uh, they can be bad, but normally they've wound, they, they're wound down sooner. And again, given that you're now heading into a weekend, I don't see anybody attacking us on a Friday night. If they attack, I, I, I'm going to tell you it's going to be on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday night in the height of traffic, as much as they can centralize that across the country. And keep in mind, they're going to try to snarl up the bigger cities first. So they want to make sure they can snarl up everything in L.A., all of the Southern California area, and also on the East Coast, New York City, and so on. So they're going to time that accordingly. Keep in mind, and I know this just from the guests that we have on, everything on the East Coast runs later at night. Most, a lot of folks out there don't even eat dinner until 7, 38 o'clock at night. It's just the way they do things. In California, it's kind of the opposite. They're normally done eating by 6 or 6.30 or 7 at the very latest. It's two different worlds, and, you know, Charlie, you've been on both ends of that. You know what I mean by that. It, it just, it's just difference, differences in how they handle that end of things. So, again, when would they hit? Doesn't really matter. I am one that feels if it hits, it's going to be during a rush hour time frame. Not going to be in the middle of the night while we're sleeping. I, I doubt very seriously if it takes place that way. They're going to try to hit as many time zones as they can at one time. And in the United States of America, they've got four to deal with. And they would. So, going back to the vehicle, and what would, your, what would you be driving, and how would you make that work? And I think John's calling back probably to, to continue on. But again, how do you handle even that first several hours or several minutes of this happening? Biggest thing is keeping your wits about you. John, what's going on? You back? Yeah, I'm sorry. My 
daughter called me, and she never calls during the day. So no worries. You know it's all you know, good. You know what I mean? It's all when good. When your adult child calls you during the day, and they don't normally, you say okay, you answer. Not right. But no, you answer. I get it. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> yeah, you got kids too. So think about that. You got to. So people, if you if you you know you're a woman, you're going out, you got nice shoes and everything on, and you got to walk home. Do you have a change? Do you have some spare stuff in your car, truck, your bug out bag? Do you have a bug? You you have one, I'm sure. Yes. Now again, with me, bag, like I said earlier, you probably missed this because you were you were talking to her. Yeah. What I said was, I probably need to do a better job of making sure that I have that with me on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Well, what we did for my wife's truck because she goes back and forth between here and Denver, she's got an extra pair of ski pants and an old pair of uh, hiking boots. And we got her, uh, you know, one of those plastic storage tubs, and we got a bed cover on it. So we just leave it in the bed all winter, and it's got a blanket and stuff like that. But she always, when she leaves for work in the winter, she brings her parka, hat, gloves, you know, everything, just like I do. Because you don't know, same thing if you get stuck on the side of the road because of a blizzard. Right. Exactly. Same deal, John. Exactly. You know. EMP Pulse is going to do exactly the same thing. Now you're stuck. Your truck is running because you're driving an old truck or you've got the EMP prep on it. Right. But you can't get around any of the accidents yet, and you're kind of stuck out there. What are you going to do? I mean, at that point, you can't just run your truck until it runs out of gas, so you got to have clothes yep. for the occasion. You know, and you can go to any outdoor gear shop, Sierra Trading Post, whatever, and pick up an extra knit cap, a decent pair of gloves, just extras to keep in the car all the time so you never have to worry about that. And by the way, John, a good way to do that as well, and my wife, if she's listening, would know this, a lot of your thrift stores, which I talked about this earlier in the week, how, how a lot of the thrift stores are really seeing an influx of these types of items. You know, if you don't want to go spend a lot of money to build this stuff, go to a thrift store and buy the stuff. Who cares? Yeah. Well, last year at the end of the season, and I always I was at Sierra Trading Post, and I picked up two knit Smart Wool brand caps. They were thirteen bucks each. Nice, you know, so good warm caps, and you know, just stuff like that. And remember, so you were talking about self defense. Yes, your pistol is what you want. You would have with you most of the time, but if you've got a situation, they have not invented a better close-up people killer than a shotgun. Right. It has not been invented yet. Good point. So before you say, oh, i got to get an AR, i got to get an AK, i got to get this. No, this I, and not, not in this shotgun. situation, John. And, again, I, I think no. you, I, Joe, a lot of others that call in on a routine basis would have totally different ideas on that. Do I think you should have some of those other things if you can get back home and get to them? Absolutely. But is that would that right. be my number one go-to right off the bat? No, it would not. No, but if you... The other thing you can have and you can keep legal in your car, even if you're in downtown Denver, is a can of bear spray. Agreed. And bear spray will, if it'll stop a grizz, it'll stop a human in his tracks. And, you know, that might be a better investment is a, a can of bear spray. I mean, they're 30 bucks, 20 bucks. I don't know. There's different sizes. So uh, last I bought one was a couple of years ago. I think it was 25 bucks. And I've never used it, but if you have it with you, that's a defense mechanism there. There, if somebody wants your vehicle because it's running, you could always bear spray them. Right. Good and idea. And get away. True. 
dead away. And, you know, I, I, I think I talked to you one time when Kevin was on and he said the same thing. Use the bear spray before the pistol out in the wilderness because you're less likely to get arrested. True. Good point. <laughs> but that was a different scenario. But, you know, things like that. And like today, I had to run some errands. But I got I did some walking. I got my day pack in the car. But I never go out with that at least water and stuff. Because you never know, and I usually always wear hikers now, and maybe it's because I'm turning into an old guy. I don't wear. Uh, you're kind of like me in the, sp- in, the sp- in the winter time. That's me. I've always got something on along those lines. Just I don't know. I guess it's, again, some of the you know some of it is you know where I live, what I do, and all of that as well. Yeah. You know, to your point, John, kind of the same situation that you have, and and I you know I I just mm-hmm. I have a little different lifestyle than probably you know most have, but you know what it. You know, it works for me, but I think what you're talking about is, you know, what do you do in those first few minutes of something like this happening? And again, I, John, I don't think I'm wrong either when I'm talking about time-wise when something like this would happen. A foreign country is going to look at whenever we're the most vulnerable, and I know in this country, I just know from my own personal experience, the most vulnerability we have is evening rush hour. Yep. So talking about that, so, okay, you're halfway home and you're stuck. And there's no way you're going to walk it home because maybe it's bad weather. If you don't have a handful of cash in your pocket, nobody's going to sell you anything. That's true. A hotel or whatever. Nothing. You know, if you walk in, you're with not cash, buying a bottle of water, John. No. Um, just to go back, August of 2003, right before we moved here. Oh yeah. New York City. Had, New York City had that blackout. Right. And. The convenience stores closed because they had electronics and they couldn't register. And people were like, what? You can't sell me water? But the little mom-and-pop bodegas, the old guy behind the counter, knew that water was a dollar fifty. knew that it said all I could take is cash, and somebody handed him a $5 bill, and he, he knew how to make change. Right. It's little things like that that are going to get you home right. or Agreed. to a safe space. But but the other thing is if it happens and you're not on the road, say you're, say you're on the air when it happens, John, the best bet for you would be for that next 12 hours to hunker down and stay where you're at. Yeah, most likely. And just, you know, we, you know, we're in a pretty secure facility as far as that goes. I mean, in our case, somebody'd have to hike up 12 flights of stairs to even get to where we're at. We have a uh, door that's, you know, a battery operated, you know, key lock where nobody's going to yeah. get into where we're at and so on. So, no, I think we'd be pretty safe. Um, again, what we'd all have to worry about, and it's true, I think, for a lot of folks listening is, OK, that's great. But now what about family members that are now at home and you're not? Right. So that's when you hope that your family members, you've prepared them. Right. Got to make sure that they're set to so go. Just, you know, the, so question, if I've got a three year old generator you know, it, ha- it has a battery start, but it also has a pulse start. Will that run after an EMP? No. No? Because they're all module operated now. There, there's very, very few, yeah. very, very few uh, engines of any kind that have been built in the last 20 years that are not electronically, you know, you know the igniter and so on is, yeah. is working electronically. So, no, it would not. Not unless it's got the okay, EMP so- shield on it, it would not. Okay. So you see, even if you think you're prepared, you're not. No, you really and, and I mean, a lot. I think that's going to be the biggest misconception a lot of folks have is if something like this were to happen, they're thinking, "Oh, I've got a home generator. I'm good. Well, have you hardened it? If you didn't harden it, it's not going to do any good at all. It's going to be out just right. like everything else is." And I think, John, if so, something like that were to happen, there's going to be a lot more dead items running around than things that are alive. Right. 
So last question, and I think I, you had to this. We talked about this before, but I can't remember. My 80 Chevy, 25 or uh, three-quarter. You'll need a module for the distributor. I would have an extra one of those in a Faraday can just to be on the, the safe side. That, that module, I think, would probably – I don't know. I mean, it's got circuit boards and stuff in it as well, so it's probably wiped out. So you got to put a new module in your distributor before you're up and running. Yeah, but how long does that take, 20 minutes? Oh, or less. Pop the Top the cap off. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I changed a ton of you those know. back in the day. Those are common to go bad when they get hot, or they would just go bad over time, anyways. And again, that's another one because right. because I know those got you know went bad through extreme conditions, heat, things like that. What the you know what I didn't understand this until talking last week to Andrew. But what he was talking about really, and it made a lot of sense once he explained. It. I never heard anybody talk about what the EMP actually does, but it, it you know it. It gives off a magnetic pulse that essentially is running all those electrons into one another rapidly, causing heat. Right. That's what's damaging the components. Yeah, it's, it's not an electric current. It's the electrons that are in all of that in and of itself that's damaging it. Right. So you were talking about movies that had this, just to, and you could bring this up to Andy after three. Really bad movie that was based on an EMP pulse was the remake of Red Dawn. You're right. You're correct. I saw that, that. You're correct. <laughs> and it was a bad movie. Bad movie, but that's what it's based on. Correct. Yeah, that, and look what happened. They had an old pickup that was probably around my 80 or something, and it still ran for them. But all the new vehicles died right in the middle of the road. And it's same thing. Planes are going to, you know what, if it's really, if they do it, planes are going to fall out of the sky. They will. In the books you read about that, that's also the other thing that happens is, you know, they're all, for the most part, I mean, there's a few old planes running around that are not running off, you know, magnetos and things, but most of this yeah, new but, stuff is going to just fall out of the sky, John. Sorry, it just is. Yeah, and it's going to, yeah, so, you know, that's always been, but I think if you're not ready for at least anybody who's out there, whether it's an EMP pulse, uh, we get a real old school blizzard, something like that. If you're not ready to hunker down and survive for five days in your house without electricity, you're asking for trouble. I agree. I would say a minimum five days, but you should be able to say, okay, we don't have power for five days. This is how we survive, yep. whether it's water. On, uh, you know, you and I are on a well, so we should be okay in the blizzard scenario. You know, fire up the generator, you get water that way you know, heat and stuff, but you should be ready to live through that and know how to live in the cold yep. and survive for five, I would say five days. And again, John, the other reason um, why I feel like a foreign country would hit us in winter months is because they also know that the amount of damage they incur because people can't live through the cold like they can through the heat. So the reality is, yeah, they're not going right. to hit us in the, it's no offense, they're not hitting us in the middle of September when the weather's nice. They're going to hit us in the middle of December yep. or January. Or February, yeah, when it's cold and, yep. you know, they'll, they'll probably, if they're planning it, they would, that would probably be something they would look at, you know, there's going to be a blizzard on the front range and uh, bad weather across two-thirds of the United States and Canada. This is the perfect time. Let's launch it now. No, you're exactly right, John. That's exactly how I see it. <laughs> I don't see it any different than that. That's exactly how I see it. Uh, John, have a Good stuff, day. John. Appreciate it very much. Again, not trying to be doom and gloom, folks. Just trying to get everybody prepared on what to do. I've got more tips on the vehicle that we'll get back to in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air not only handles all of your electrical and HVAC needs, they can also help you get ready for the 
what-ifs of life. When the mustard gas is filling your neighborhood, you'll want a HEPA filter to keep your family safe. When the napalm catches your neighbor's trees on fire, you'll still be breathing clean, fresh, smokeless air with your Solus Air HEPA filter. With a combination of our generators and air filters, your family won't miss the conveniences of modern society, no matter what the circumstances are. So for all your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, a major sponsor of Fix-It Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? The reason shingles break with wind and hail is because they're dried out and brittle. RoofMax is an organic product that rejuvenates your asphalt shingles, making them more flexible and durable at the same time. Call Dave Hart today and get your roof inspected. It's a no-obligation inspection that will tell you what condition your roof is in and what can be done to extend the life of your roof, which, in the end, saves you money. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio 
In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right, we are back. Anne has a question. Anne, welcome. How are you? Hey, I appreciate the topic. Thank the, you. The um, question that I have is they would, um, uh, you know, the CCP would choose to attack us in the dead of winter mm -hmm. at the coldest time because it will freeze yep. our water pipes. You're correct. So, Okay, so we, how do you protect it? Do you, empty, do you somehow flush out all your, the water in your water pipes because you won't be able to, to keep them heated? I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, okay, a couple of things you could do there. One is, of course, small space heaters. If folks have those, you have to be really careful of that because most space heaters that are not going to run off of electricity, which you're not going to have, are going to you know, create fumes and so on, so you got to be very careful of that so that would be one thing to do would be to open up the cabinets on you know mostly this is going to be affecting outside walls unless you know unless we're 10 degrees outside or below and and things inside the home got below that freezing mark which most homes will stay above freezing on the internal side with even some bodies running around it would typically would stay above that in the dead of winter if we got down below zero no that makes it really difficult and it'd be tough to keep things you know flowing at that point so a couple of things you could do number one keep this in mind if you are in an area that is above where the water coming into your city is, you're liable to not be working off of a gravity flow system anyways, and you're liable to not have any water or pressure. So that's one of the first things folks need to look at, Ann, is where is their water coming from? Is it being pumped to them, or is it being gravity-fed? Because even though we're in Colorado and a lot of our water is above us in the mountains, a lot of our cities locally, because of our terrain, will have substations, and they will be pumping water to get it into, into certain subdivisions and neighborhoods. So first thing to check is, is your water coming in gravity-fed or not? If it's not gravity-fed, you're not going to have any water anyways. It won't matter. Okay, but the, the water will be in the pipes, and you can... Um, well, just, not if, the, if, it, if those pumps fail, Ann, and it loses pressure in the entire system, you'll have a little bit of water in the pipe, but not for very long. The minute you open a spigot, it's going to run the water out of your pipes almost immediately. Okay, but you can also um, give heat uh, to the pipes by just a light bulb. Or a candle. Yeah, 
Well, I, a candle is going to, you know, it's a fire, but just a simple light bulb if you've got the electricity. You can, but, you know, keep this in mind. A, a candle, and you, you get everything out from underneath that counter where those pipes are. A small candle with that cabinet being open, you know, the chances of you catching anything on fire in that particular circumstance is pretty slim. You'd have to watch it, of course, but, you know, again, if you're really worried about it, okay, whatever it's underneath trying to heat, put some tin foil on it to make sure that it doesn't ignite the cabinet. There's all sorts of improvisions that can be made that way, to your point, and to get some, you know, some heat into those areas if you're somebody lucky enough to have water pressure. I, I will tell you that I think that's going to be more hit and miss than most people think. Okay, but the, the foil, I never thought about. That will help keep the heat in your water pipes? Well, what it would do is if you had a candle or any other type of heating device in there, yes, it would help keep that, you know, it would retain that and keep things from catching fire because it's, not, it's going to reflect it, not, you know, it, it won't allow that, that, you know, wood cabinet to catch fire, if you would. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks. And by the way, and keep this in mind too for folks listening, uh, you know, aluminum plates, you know, things like that you just have in your pantry and having a stack of those to do some of the things you're talking about, Ann, would work really well. Okay. And most people don't think about that. But again, I'm one that says find out first what kind of water you have coming into your home because that'll tell you whether you're even going to have any water pressure or not. Well, you have to have water, you know, those gallons, jugs already. You've got to have some stuff filled up because the the chance, and keep this in mind, if in fact something like this happens and all pressure goes down on a citywide basis, um, you know, I think I'd be a little leery of even drinking the water that would be coming out of the spigot once some things get fired up. And by the way, it might take, you know, weeks or months to get things fired up, depending upon where your source is. So what can you do? You can't have enough backup, can you? You'd have to have a I well mean, or something along those lines to have any kind of water at all. Most most cities, this is where it gets tough living in a city, because most cities rely on a municipal source for their water, which, you know, again, they're using filtration, pumps. Keep in mind, all of your fresh water, there's something else to think about, Ann. The fresh water coming from the city, if it's not being treated on a minute-by-minute basis, you're not getting any water anyways. Because why? Because it's or coming it's from the treatment plant that will be shut down. It will no longer be operational because of all of the things, unless they've hardened that treatment plant, which I guarantee you, Ann, in this country, the majority of them are not, those treatment plants will not be online. And the worst time is in the winter That's right. for this whole thing. That's okay. right. That's why if I were the Chinese or anyone else, North Korea, whoever, you know, I'm not attacking us in the middle of July. I'm attacking us in the middle of December. Yeah. Or Christmas okay. Day. You know, well, not Christmas Day because most people aren't about, but that that time of the year where you know lots of activity and things are going on, that's when I would attack, and it's the coldest. Wow. Okay. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome. And, and she brings up a great question, folks, because I think a lot of times we worry about, okay, what if the pipes freeze? I'm going to go one step further. Are you going to have water in the first place? The chances of most of you that are not on a well having water coming through your house pipes. Any, you know, after five, six, seven hours of everybody else running their water out of those pipes coming out of the treatment plant, the chance of, of most of you having water is slim to none. You're not going to have it. It won't be in the pipes. Period. And keep this in mind. Something else, that, and, we, and Andrew talked about this a little bit last week. We didn't get into great details, but again, something most people don't talk about. Think about the sewer system. So now the treatment plant's down. All of our sewer systems run to where? The treatment plant. We take all of that, what we call black water, that's running down a sewer pipe, 
and they go to the treatment plant. I don't, I don't know where most people think their wastewater goes, but it's going to the water treatment plant. It is then treated. It gets all of the contaminants out of it. They take all the bacteria out, all the heavy waste, the solids, and so on. They usually turn that into fertilizer and all sorts of other things. And that's, by the way, where some of these forever chemicals that Charlie and I talk about during the week are even coming from. We'll get into that on a Rush to Reason show someday. But that wastewater that's going down to the treatment plant, when the treatment plant stops, and it's now not going to take any more sewage, where do you think it's going? Something else that never gets talked about probably probably should have a way to plug up all of your drains in your home to keep that wastewater from filling back up into your house. Because as more and more people keep flushing and doing the things that they would normally do, even with a little bit of water they might have, guess where it's going? Someplace it can't. The wastewater treatment plant, which is no longer functional. And depending upon how long it is non-functioning, water backs up. And for those of you that are closest to the plant, guess where it backs up first? Water runs downhill. Crap runs downhill. Those of you closest to the plant, you're backed up first. Downhill first. Uphill last. Folks, that's how this works. So those of us that are self-contained, like I, who have a septic system, that's not an issue. My septic system will keep working just fine. Now, I'll have to have fresh water. I, like John, have a well where I should be okay. Now, you've got to keep that powered up and running and working. But these are all things to think through, folks. Again, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom today, not by any stretch of the imagination. Just trying to get everybody to think through this. And if something like this were to happen, how do you make it? And brings up brings up a great point. How do you keep your pipes, you know, thaw? I, again, I took it one step further. Not only how do you keep them thawed, how do you keep water in them in the first place? Because if you're on a city water source, you're most likely not going to have any. And the second issue that you're going to have is all of the sewage backing up into your home. Because that's what's going to happen, especially those of you that are the furthest downhill. You're not going to ever hear anybody talk about some of this, by the way. You know why? Because they're not thinking about it. They're thinking, oh, the treatment plant will keep running. Not unless it's hardened, it won't. What do you think runs all that? Computers. For everything that's there. What do you think runs the pumps? Electricity. What if there isn't any? They may have backup generation. Is it hardened? Again, lots we can get into. We'll, we'll continue to do this on down the road. Never fear. And if you got any questions, by all means, always, always, always send us an email or text us. The website, ready-radio.com. We'll be back. Uh, actually, taking next week off, so I'm going to replay what we did last week with the EMP Shield guys. We'll talk to you the week after, uh, or the week of Labor Day, I should say. So in the meantime, have a great week, guys. And uh, we're going to come up next with uh, Rush to Reason. Andy and I are going to do some movie reviews, and we're going to talk about favorite TV show theme songs. So that's next. Don't go anywhere. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Views and opinions expressed on KLC 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.